Hey, hey, it's me, Maddie B, here for the first official It's Just Me, Maddie B podcast. Before we begin, we're going to be hearing a word from our sponsors, NordVPN. Just think about the fun things you do online. Diving into movies you love. Shopping. Enjoying free Wi-Fi with your morning coffee. Wait, who's that guy? Meet the digital snooper. It can be your internet service provider peeking at what you do. Or a hacker on a mission to snitch your credit card info. Or that lovely lady at the next table trying to steal your sensitive data. Uh-oh. But don't worry. NordVPN keeps all these snoopers away. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites, and lets you enjoy your favorite content securely, even while away from home. The best part? It's just a click. Yep, internet security is that easy. Big thank you to NordVPN for that sponsorship. Now on to the podcast. Today's topic, the build-up to the American Revolution. We can start by going back to the end of the French and, Re- French and Indian War in 1763. When the Treaty of Paris was signed, France forfeited close to 100% of its foreign land to the British Empire. This included lands in America, west of the Appalachian Mountain Range. The British colonists sought to access the- these new and profitable lands, as they had participated in the war alongside their mother country, Great Britain. Unfortunately for them, Parliament created the Proclamation of 1763, a new legislation that prevented the colonists moving west of the Appalachians, allowing the natives to regain control of their land. Many colonists were upset by this new legislation, and they had fair reason to be upset. The colonists had supported and fought alongside British troops during the war, so they felt an amount of entitlement towards the new lands. To make matters worse, Britain had large war debts that needed to be paid off, and Parliament turned to the colonies when considering where the money would come from. The Stamp Act was passed in 1765 and was was one of the first and largest tax acts passed by Parliament. It placed a high tax on stamps, newspapers, pamphlets, bills, legal documents, licenses, almanacs, dice, and playing cards. The act proceeded to anger many colonists whose lines of work depended on frequent mailing of documents or bills and colonists that wanted to live a more leisurely life with newspapers and playing cards. It was not as much the taxes themselves, but the reason Britain gave for the taxes that angered the colonists. And se- the, the Tea Act of 1773 was another large act that placed high duties on, you guessed it, tea. It also forced colonists to only buy from one company, the British East India Trading Company. Britain used this forced monopoly to extract even more money from the colonies, and the colonists were not happy about it. Now let's take a step Let's take a step back now to look at why Britain decided to tax the colonists so severely. Britain's argument was that the colonists should help pay the war debts as thanks for the protection given to them by the British. The colonists' view on the matter was that being the mother country, it was Britain's duty to protect their colonies and that they shouldn't have to pay for protection. In 1773, an organized group of colonists known as the Sons of Liberty disguised themselves as Mohawk Native Americans and captured a tea-carrying ship from East India Company. They then sailed it into Boston Harbor and proceeded to dump 342 crates into the harbor. Those 342 crates were worth approximately $1 million in today's currency. This Boston Tea Party was the first act of, re- of retaliation by the colonists, and possibly the first unofficial action of the Revolutionary War. The Sons of Liberty was a secret revolutionary group sought to advance colonial rights as well as fight the unfair taxation of the colonies. They played a key role in organizing the colonists' pre-co- pre-
Pre-Continental Congress and set themselves apart as the first American patriots. The Daughters of Liberty were essentially the female counterpart to the sons and, pro and protested the taxes as well as worked towards more rights for all colonists, male and female. These two groups became a role model for all patriots that followed their cause and helped to light the path towards liberty. In response to the Boston Tea Party, King George III passed the Coercive Slash Intolerable Acts. The acts shut down Boston Harbor indefinitely, putting a large strain on the economy as there was no importing or exporting from what was the main port in the region. The colonists were forced to pay the East India Company back for the loss of profit, stripping them of even more of their money. The coercive acts were used to punish the colonists for their unsavory actions regarding the British running the Boston Tea Party. These acts were only called the coercive acts in Britain to make them seem less harsh and aggressive and more encouraging. In the colonies, they became known as the intolerable acts because the colonists felt that Britain acted with intolerable harshness in response to the relatively calm nature of the Tea Party. Now, we're going to finish off this podcast with something of a story. It's March 5th, 1770 in Boston, Massachusetts. There was a small squad of British soldiers on patrol, marching through the streets. They passed by a couple of children who were playing with snowballs, throwing them back and forth at each other, when a snowball hits one of the soldiers. The soldier starts yelling at the boys, berating them about being respectful and not being such brats. This gains the attention of some nearby colonists who come to see what all the fuss is about. The colonists confront the, so the soldier about his yelling, and a small tussle ensues. At some point during the tussle, there is a gunshot. There is no clear target, no clear shooter, and nobody has any idea as to who may have shot at who. Then their British soldiers unload upon the colonists, killing first a freed African slave by the name of Crispus Attucks. A small riot begins, and five to eight colonists are killed in the action. News of this massacre spread quickly through all of the colonies, from north to south. This was deemed the Boston Massacre, and it sent the colonies into a rage. Every colonist wanted revenge for those few that were murdered on the streets of Boston. This story is that of the colonist variation of the Boston Massacre, an event that was so crucial to the American Revolution that without it, the revolution may not have occurred in the first place. In a sense, the Boston Massacre was the push that sent the colonial barrel of gunpowder rolling toward the lit match of revolution. I'm Maddie B. This has been the It's Just Me, Maddie B. podcast, brought to you by NordVPN, signing off.